Thanks for listening to the Voice Church Podcast. We are a new life-giving multi-ethnic church located in Orange County, California. We meet every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Tustin. For more information, check out our social media or our website at www.voice.church. And now, let's tune in to this week's message. Good morning, guys. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, does anybody not care about the Super Bowl? Anybody? Yeah. Anybody care about the commercials? I feel like they release them all ahead of time anyways now on, uh, on YouTube and whatever. But anyways, I, I, we were talking with the worst in production team before service. I'm kind of torn. First of all, I don't care about either team. Uh, I'm a Chicago Bears fan because I'm a Christian. And we have, we're, we're in it once a century. And so... Um, we still, we're still holding on at 85. We don't talk about, I think it was 2005 or something. We don't, hold, we don't talk about that one. That was pretty bad. Uh, but anywho, but the quarterback to the 49ers, uh, for the 49ers, the Christian guy, so maybe I'm leaning that way. Uh, and then the, uh, the Chiefs, uh, one of the churches, a sister church of ours uh, in Kansas City. So we're kind of like, well, maybe you lean that way. So I don't care. Uh, my wife's carnitas are going to win today. That's, uh, that's, that's the win. Uh, <laughs> carnitas. Uh, okay. Hey, uh, today we are hopping in a new series. Uh, it's a three-week series about relationships called Love Handles. All right, Love Handles. Uh, some of you guys, uh, I mean, don't, don't point, uh, but some of us, I don't know, about, for me, I have a little more Love Handles than I'd like to have uh, right now. Uh, we're not talking about fitness or anything in those next few weeks. We're talking about relationships, uh, not just romantic relationships, but relationships in general. Uh, Gary Smalley, Christian uh, relationship expert, says this. He says, a life is relationships. The rest is just details. Life is relationships. The rest is just details. In other words, the meat of life, the most important things about life is relationships. A couple things with that. First one is relationships are important, right? I think that's pretty easy to establish. Relationships are important. Secondly, relationships are hard. Relationships are hard. And if you feel like you're the only one who's having trouble in your relationships, you are not. Everyone is having, uh, there's tensions we all need to manage with relationships, right? And even pastors, even people have been serving God for a long time, we have our own fair share of issues as well. So relationships are important and relationships are hard. And so today uh, we're, we're starting a series to help you get a grip on love and relationships, i.e. love handles. All right, so uh, here's why. Few things have an impact on our lives like relationships. I've been in ministry for a little over 20 years at this point, and I've seen patterns. And anybody who's been in any sort of uh, ministry, even for a day, knows that helping people navigate relationships is a normal part of the job. And it's not just dating, it's every relationship from the person you're dating or married to or a coworker or your neighbor. Some of us have fun neighbors that complicate life, right? So it, all sorts of relationships, right? Married people. If you're married in this room, you know that putting a ring on it changes your life, but it doesn't change your soul, does it? Putting a ring on it changes your life, but it doesn't change your personality, does it? It doesn't change your blind sides. It doesn't change your weaknesses. It doesn't change your brokenness. You are you and you bring you into marriage, right? We can look at kids or people with kids and go, oh man, they've arrived. They got their two and a half kids and their golden retriever and their white picket fence. They've arrived. They have kids, 
But those of us that have kids, we know that sometimes having kids doesn't solve our problems. Having kids multiplies our problems, right? We've never seen someone go, our marriage was a hot mess, and then we had kids, and it solved everything, right? Actually, having kids can distract you from working on what you need to work on, delay you from working on what you need to work on, so that by the time the kids get older and they, you have an, you're an empty nester, there's not much left there. So you got to figure your stuff out. Because I'm a pastor, a lot of times I feel the role of counselor, conscience, uh, confessional sometimes, uh, mediator, uh, kind of a co-listener, a discerner of what the Holy Spirit is saying to someone. And a lot of times when people are telling me things, I'm going, I'm not sure you should be telling me that actually, like, does your spouse know that? Like, does your parents know that? Like, I don't know if you should be telling me that, but... A lot of times what I think is, <laughs> before you judge, this is you too, okay? So a lot of times when they're telling me, you know, this is going on in my marriage or my relationships or whatever, I think, how did you not see that coming? Right? I know it's like, it's like so unempathetic of Pastor Taka, but come on, you're the same way, aren't you? You're thinking, didn't your mom tell you better than that? Didn't your parents teach you better than that? Don't you realize, didn't you realize that if you went down that road, made those decisions, that this is going to happen this way, what were you thinking, right? And relationships and the rules around relationships are constantly shifting. Man, I, I, I listen to you guys that are like in the dating season right now and all the 46 apps you have to use. And I'm like, what in the world? It's different now than it used to be, right? The rules of relationships 20 years ago are not all the same rules that we live with today. And I'm glad we locked this deal down a long time ago, right? I don't know if I could date today. So where do we learn to navigate relationships? There's not a class about it in school. And I don't know if there should be a class about it in school. But where do you learn about it? Your parents, that can be good or bad, depending on your parents. Your friends around you, again, good or bad, depending on your friends. TV, TikTok, like where do you learn about having healthy relationships? The leaders placed in our lives? Sometimes, yeah. But a lot of times, well-meaning leaders, well-meaning parents, well-meaning churches, well-meaning pastors can sometimes set rules. I know not our church, but other churches. Some can sometimes set rules that seem like they were uh, made in another century. They're a little out of touch and they're devoid of kind of the why behind the rule, right? Rules can be like this idea of like, if you don't do these 10 things, you're busted. But a good rule should have a good why, right? A good rule should not keep you from something. It should lead you towards something, right? A good rule should lead you towards something. Let me give you an example. If your spending is a little out of control, but you want to save up to go on like this dream vacation, right? So your CPA or your financial coach or whoever you're talking to goes, look, you need to delete the Amazon app, all right? Because you're just looking for something to buy, right? Or you need to stop going to Target for fun. Okay, before you, some of the guys like mock the girls, you need to stop going to Home Depot for fun or Guitar Center or whatever your thing is. You need to stop looking for something to buy, right? Your, your pocketbook will, that's an old fashioned sentence, your bank account will thank you for, right? So it's not, a, you wouldn't say, you know, Mr. CPA, Miss CPA, what are you trying to keep me from all the fun things in my life? No, they're not trying to keep you from something. They're trying to help you win. They want you to have that dream vacation. So you got to figure some stuff out first. And a lot of times what's missing from the rules that we follow around relationships and a lot of other things is the why. 
The why. So what's the why behind this series? It's Genesis 2 chapter, or Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. And it says this, and the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. It's not good for man to be alone. So you have Adam in, in the presence of God in the Garden of Eden, perfection. If anything was good, this was good. God just got done creating all these things, right? The sky, the water, mosquitoes, duckbill platypus. Like he created, he's, it's good, it's good, it's good, it's good. He created man in, in his own image. It's not good. It's not good. Why? Because we're created to be in relationship. Relationships are important. Relationships are hard. And God has always been about healthy relationships. And can I tell you, some of you guys really need to hear this today. You can have healthy relationships. You need to hear me say that. You can have healthy relationships. Some of you guys, you've had great models of relationships. I mean, you grew up in the Cleaver home. And some of you guys grew up in the thing furthest thing from the Cleaver home. Right? Some of you guys grew up in a great, loving family. Some of you guys grew up in a broken one, most likely a mix of the both. Right? Some of you guys, you're so good with relationships. You're so good with conversations. I envy people like you that are, you leave a conversation and you're like, nailed it. Right? So, I was blown away by the stuff I was saying. And there's other of you that are more like me. I'm telling you, I leave, Natalie knows this about me. I leave 80 plus percent of my conversations in church, or like, or like after church or like coffee appointments, lunch appointments, dinner appointments, I leave 80% of those, of those appointments, get in my car and go, you're the most awkward person on the planet. <laughs> like literally, I, I tell myself like, why did you say that? Like, why did you even bring that up? Didn't you see that they were uncomfortable? Why didn't, why are you the way you are? You know, I think about this myself all the time. And if you're like me, look, you can have healthy relationships. You can, it's gonna take work. You might be like me and go from terrible to pretty bad, but it's progress, right? You're, you're moving in the right direction, but you can have healthy relationships. So who's this series for? I don't want you to check out if you're single and you think it's all about marriage. And I don't want you to check out if you're married and you think this is all about those that are single ready to mingle, okay? This is about anyone who wants to have a healthy dating and or marriage relationship one day. Whether you're dating now or maybe you will be, or you're married now or maybe you will be. What we're gonna look at is how do we get to the destination of a healthy monogamous relationship with the one that we love, right? This is what we're doing. Who's this series not for? You might be frustrated with this series if you're a serial dater. All right, can I just say that? Don't point fingers. I'm not saying, I don't, I don't know who's who. I'm just saying if you're in it for the game of it, if you're in it to avoid boredom, if you're dating for entertainment, if you're dating uh, just because uh, you just wanna see what you can get that person to do for you and then move on to the next person, you may write this teaching off. But can I challenge you? One day, one day you may be in a different chapter of your life. You may have some epiphanies about what your soul really wants. And when that happens, you may want to come back and revisit this. So maybe just bookmark the podcast. You can come back in a little bit and go, actually, I do want that now. Here's an important principle for those of us that are dating and not married right now. So many times couples don't realize that their pasts will resurface in their current relationships. And everyone dating and married said amen to that. We've been there, right? Listen. It's true because we're going to put it on the screen. Your present, your present will become your past and will resurface in your future. Trust me. Your present will become your past and will resurface in your future. The whole idea of what's, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What happens in my 20s stays in my 20s. No, it doesn't. 
No, it doesn't. It will be with you wherever you go. Remember that one scene in that on the TV show Friends where they're carrying the couch up, like pivot? Remember that one, right? It's like iconic, right? Uh, it's hilarious I think because we've all been there, right? I was, I was like, as I was thinking about this, uh, like last night I was trying to go to sleep. I was laughing literally out loud. I was trying to go to sleep because I was picturing Ross saying, pivot, right? Anyways, um, if you're like, you've never seen it, just watch it. It's funny or not. Maybe it's not funny to you, uh, but it's hilarious because we've all been there. If you want to take Natalie and I to the brink of divorce, all right, just have us carry something heavy and awkward together into the house. Like we, our relationship devolves in like two seconds. If we, she's like yelling at me, I'm yelling at her. You're not doing it right, I'm not doing it right. We're tripping over stuff. And we're like ready to just call it off. The whole thing is just not worth it because we need to get this giant beanbag chair into the house or whatever. There's actually one time we picked up a giant beanbag chair for our daughter. And when I mean giant, I mean giant. It's like a, a king size bed in a beanbag. We somehow shoehorned it into her little crossover SUV. It's like sticking out like love handles out the windows and stuff. Little muffin top situation with a beanbag going on. We got into the house, you had to squish it in. We're rolling it down the hallway. And it was so awkward. It wasn't heavy. It just had no handles, right? It literally just had no handles because it's a blob, right? And a lot of times that's what relationships are like. They're awkward because they're not, they don't have handles, and so what we want to do is we want to give you some handles over the next few weeks, all right, on, on relationships. It's not going to be exhaustive. It's not going to be a conference. It's just a few handles that kind of give you some shape, something to grip onto, some love handles onto this thing called love and relationships, all right? So point number one, these actually are pretty fast, famous last words. Number one, there are no relationship problems. And you're like, ah, you already lost me talking. There are definitely relationship problems. No, no, there's no relationship problems. There's people with problems that get into relationships. There's a big difference. There's no such thing as relationship problems. There's people with problems that get into relationships. Two people who are broken, that had problems, that made mistakes, that are human and mortal, got into relationships together, right? You know what marriage problems are? Marriage problems are like, what are we gonna do about the toilet seat, Right? How do we navigate that? What does the Bible say about who puts it up, who puts it down, right? That's like, and I can tell you what Jesus and I have decided on that, if you're really, but, or like a marriage problem is like, um, do you squeeze the toothpaste from the middle like a barbarian or do you squeeze it from the end like a Christian, nice and clean, like a human being that's civilized and has an opposable thumb? Like, like, which, like, those are marriage problems, right? Everything else are just people problems, right? What's the answer? The end. I mean, Jesus knows. John talked about squeeze the toothpaste from the end. When we get into relationships, we drag our pasts into them, right? That's why there's this idea all throughout Scripture of personal accountability, personal accountability, even in, in, in like horrendous situations. Like Paul would write to the church in Philippi and say like, hey, you're being persecuted. And by persecuted doesn't mean you're like being made fun of at the lunch table. It means like you're literally being executed. And he would say, choose joy, <laughs> right? He would say, because there's personal accountability. It doesn't matter what they did. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna choose, right? There are no relationship problems. There's problems that you need to face into that you bring into your relationships. So number two, it's probably the, the, probably the biggest one of the day. Promises don't replace preparation. Promises don't replace preparation. We can think that we can date one way. We can live one way while dating. And then when we go to an altar, put a ring on it, we transform. 
into something else. You don't. You just have a big bill from your wedding. I remember I would talk to young adults all the time and they would talk about how they're gonna be, their wedding's gonna change their day or they're gonna, they're gonna become a man now. I'm like, bro, getting married doesn't turn a boy into a man. Getting married gives man-sized problems to a boy. So you gotta figure this out, right? There's this idea that practice makes perfect. And if your coach ever told you that, get a new coach. Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. What you repeatedly do is who you become. You ever ever seen Charles Barkley uh, golf? It is insane. It is, I I thought he was kidding. If you get bored, just go on TikTok or YouTube or something and just Google or look up Charles Barkley golf swing. It is the craziest thing. It looks like he's faking it, but he's practiced this way over and over again. It's become permanent. He has paid tens of thousands of dollars. I think he finally fixed it, but he paid tens of thousands of dollars to help for golf coaches to help him fix what practice has made permanent. So if you're single, this season is important. Be careful not to develop a relationship short attention span. Be careful that you're not developing these habits that you don't want to bring into marriage. Be careful that you're not changing the scenery every time the honeymoon season goes away in dating. Be careful that you don't change the scenery every time dating forces you to look inward, right? Because the common thing in all your past relationships is you. So if you're like, I get angry in all these relationships, maybe it wasn't all their fault. Maybe it's you. So you're preparing. The problem is when you do that, when you switch a scenery, I'm not saying stay in an abusive relationship or stay in a relationship you're not compatible with, but if you see a pattern that every time it gets hard, you bounce, you're preparing yourself for a lifestyle that goes against what you're about to promise on the wedding altar. You're preparing for something that you're not gonna promise your way out of. So some of us in the room are battling with that. And next thing on the screen, you can't promise, you can't commit, you can't vow your way out of a lack of preparation. You can't promise, you can't commit, you can't vow your way out of a lack of preparation. Notice I didn't say that that you aren't prepared to keep. I didn't say a vow that you're not prepared to keep. I said, notice, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I said that wrong. (laughs) I didn't say a vow that you, why can I think right now? It's not a vow that you aren't prepared to keep. It's, it's, it's not a vow that you're committed to keep, right? It's a vow that you, are, you have not prepared. Why? Why can't I think of this? Oh, I got it backwards. Guess why I got to check your typos. Okay. Notice. <laughs> Whoop. This is, I, I want to get this right because this is so important. <laughs> this is like the most important thing. I'm not saying you're not committed to keep it. What I'm saying is you haven't prepared to keep it. Ignore that. I'm going to say it my own way. Okay? It's not that you haven't committed to keep it. It's that you're not prepared to keep it. That your commitment is not what you've actually prepared to do. How do you know if you're prepared? It's real simple. You're, some of you guys are not going to like this. Past behavior is the best indicator of future behavior. Past, indicator, or past behavior is the best indicator of future behavior. Be wise. 
I can't tell you how many people I've talked to. I'm sure you've talked to them. And sometimes that is you when you say things like, but Taka, you don't know him like I do. You don't know her like I do. They're not like that anymore. It's been like four days since they've done that. I know their last four relationships, they've done this and we're starting to see the seeds of it in this this relationship, but it's not like that anymore. It's gonna be different this time. They promise they're not gonna do that again. Past behavior is the best indicator of future behavior. Don't be dumb. Proverbs 14 says the simple believe. Other translations say the foolish believe or the dumb believe or the idiot believes. Like these are Bible words. We can say them, right? Proverbs 14 says the simple believe anything, but the prudent or the wise give thought to their steps. Don't be dumb. What do you do if you're in a committed relationship? You're like, great, that's that's great. If you're dating, I'm married. What do you do if you're like, Taka, I wish you would have told me this like years ago before we put a ring on it. Okay, what would I, what would I say to you? Freshman physics, man. Objects in motion, what? Stay in motion. Unless, what? A force changes it. Objects in motion, stay in motion. Remember the guy's like, objects in, <laughs> objects in motion, stay in motion. Unless a force changes it. So you can put this on the screen. Direction, not intention, determines destination. Direction, not intention. Doesn't matter what you intend to do. Doesn't matter what you promise to do. Doesn't matter what you vow to do. Doesn't matter what you want to do. What direction are you actually heading in? That will determine where you go. So how do you create a new direction? Can I give just the the pastor answer? It's Jesus. We prayed right here with the worship productions team before you came to church today. And we prayed, Holy Spirit, would you change lives like we never can? Because it's the Holy Spirit that does the heavy lifting in your life. You wanna renew your mind, renew your heart, create a new direction? Here's the big question. How are you in Jesus? You can't educate yourself. You can't podcast yourself out of this. You need a new behavior internally. So, Big question, how are you in Jesus? Not how are you in your church attendance? Not how are you in your tithe? How are you in your serving? How many Bible verses, how many years you've been going to church? How are you in Jesus today? Have you invited and embraced the direction of the Holy Spirit in your life? Have you invited and embraced the direction of the Holy Spirit in your marriage? Or do you just go to church and try to cuss less? Like the Holy Spirit wants to change you from the inside out. Again, not to take anything from you, but to lead you to something. After that, find community. Get involved in a small group. Get involved in a serving team. Find other people to do life with. You need other people to point stuff out in you, to support you, to encourage you. And you need to do that for other people. And really, if you can find another couple, they don't have to be like all stars, but you need to find another couple that have like, that's kind of what we want to become. And they're just not, they're, they're a couple steps ahead of you. They don't have to be like 20 years older than you and run like marriage conferences. Even just like a couple steps ahead of you. And you're like, I think we can move just slightly towards that. And just get around them. They don't have to teach you. And here's the five steps. That, no, no, no. As, as long as you get around them, spirits reproduce spirits, right? This is all about what's caught, not what's taught. So preparation not promise. Preparation, not vowing. Preparation in anything takes work. 
Preparation takes time. Preparation takes space. Whether you're doing meal prep or you're preparing for a big test or you're preparing for the marriage that you want. It takes time, it takes space, and it takes work. You cannot drift there. You cannot Netflix your way there. You cannot intend your way there. You can only set a direction, set set aside time and prepare for it, okay? That's the second point. Third point is this, worry about yourself. Worry about yourself. There's a video that Natalie, (laughs) you ever seen that video of the kid who like tells, I think, their mom, worry about yourself, worry about yourself. Anyways, if you don't, if you haven't seen it, Natalie will send it to you. She has played that in our house, I'm not even kidding, hundreds of times. If they're getting royalties, we're giving them to them somehow. (laughs) But it's this kid that's telling, I think their mom, oh, dad, worry about yourself, worry about yourself. And it's true. Things go better in just about every area of our lives when groups of humans focus on themselves first. I'm not talking like a selfish way, like they focus on all the food and all the money, you know, but their health. Even an airplane, you know what, oxygen mask comes down, what do they tell you to do in the the announcement that everyone ignores, right? Where they teach you how to use a seatbelt for the first time. When the oxygen mask comes down, what do they say? Put it on yourself first. Why? Because forget everyone else. No, no, no. Because if you take care of yourself, you'll be in a better position to be healthy, take care, take care of everybody else, right? It's the same with relationships. The vast majority of tension, in, of relationship tension in my life and in the couples that I meet is from this one belief. It's just, this is my struggle, guys. Okay, this is like my struggle. And my family would say, yeah, no, this is totally his struggle, right? I think so many times, in weak moments, in low moments, in insecure moments, I think if they would just, if they would just stop doing that, if they would just start doing that, if they would just get their crap together, if they would just, if they would, then I wouldn't be so frustrated, right? It's not me, it's them. They're the reason why I'm ticked. They're, and it's, like, and it's like, I feel like myself preaching at me, go, worry about yourself, worry about yourself. And I guarantee next time we have a, enlightened discussion in our family household, they're going to throw this back at me. But anyways, but we say this in our household all the time. (laughs) Yeah, it's happening. Pray for us. Uh, In our house, we tell this to our kids all the time and they can like repeat it back. The three steps we always say, who can you control? Who can you control? Who are you trying to control? How's that working out for you? Who can you control? Well, they just, who are you trying to control? Who can you control? Well, you can barely control yourself. I can barely control myself. You kidding me? I'm maybe 50% of the way there controlling myself, right? Who are you trying to control? How's that working out for you? We've taught it to the kids since they were toddlers. Who can you control? Me. Who are you trying to control? My sister. How's that working out for you? Bad. Thousands of times. Same for you. Think about the tension with your boss, with your neighbor, with your, your, your person you're dating or someone, someone important in your life or whatever. Who can you control? Yeah, but talk, you don't know what they did. Who can you control? Yeah, but, but if they would just stop, then I, no, no, no. Who can, can you control them? Who can you control? Who are you trying to control? And if you don't believe me, how's that working out for you? Should we just go around the barn one more time on this and see if we get different results? Right? Who can you control? Who 
are you trying to control? How is that working out for you? We are so focused so many times on like, okay, can I make a little confession? One of my favorite movies of all time is Serendipity. You ever watch that movie? I'm, I'm not a rom-com person. I think they're all the same thing over and over again. But for some reason, I love serendipity. And it's so dumb. Um, but there's this idea that's baked into rom-coms that are like, if I just meet the right person, if I meet Sleeping Beauty or Prince Charming or whatever, then everything, if my soulmate, the one person on the planet that my soul, if you complete me, you know what I mean? Like when I just meet that person, that everything takes care of itself, right? We don't argue. It's like happily ever after. Like I want to see the Disney movies where it's like, what were they like 10 years into marriage? Like, not happily ever after. Let's go 10 years forward. I want to see them argue about stuff. I want to see them, like, try to raise a child and different parenting styles. I want to see that cartoon. You know what I mean? Because that's the, that's the real life. But <laughs> anybody who thinks, like, and everything lived happily ever after, if I just meet the right person, anyone who's been married for more than 20 years will laugh at you. Anyone who's been married for more than a month will laugh at you. Look, you should be compatible with the person you marry, but it's still going to take a lot of hard work. So here's an idea. What if, what if we focused on becoming the right person instead of focusing on meeting the right person? What if we focus on becoming the right person instead of meeting the right person? What if we focus on becoming the best spouse instead of trying to train our spouse to be better? Right? Again, how's that working out for you? right? Lots of great arguments. People love to be told what to do. People love to be controlled, right? People love when you try to change them. Works out great, especially when you're not working on yourself at all. People love that stuff. What if we focus on becoming the best spouse instead of trying to train our spouse to be better? Side note, you realize that when you make a commitment to someone, you're not committing to who you can make them into, right? You're not saying, I commit to you, but I know with enough work, I can get you, I can level you up. Let me help you, right? You're not committing to the person they might be with your uh, immense wisdom, right? You're committing to who they are right now. You're committing to love and accept and encourage and be with them for who they are right now. So here's the question I want you to think about. Instead of looking for the perfect person who will fill all your wants and needs for you live happy ever, ever after, here's what I want you to look for. Are you the person the person you're looking for is looking for? Are you the person the person you're looking for is looking for? And if you focus on that, then when you meet the person that, you've, that has spent the time and energy and made the sacrifices to become the person that you're looking for, they may actually give you the time of day. When you meet that person that has, that has sacrificed and read and prayed and cord stuff out of their soul to reprogram their heart to have different values when they've done the hard work to become the kind of person that you're looking for if you haven't done the work in your life why would they waste the time with you why would they give you the time of day you're not worth it right if you're currently married are you the person that the person you're married to wants to be married to that's that's a tough one right Obviously, now you would say, yes, amen to that. If you're currently married, are you the person that the person you're married to wants to be married to? What if you focused on you? There's a lot more we can talk about. I just want to give a few last thoughts. If you're single, if you're single, here's what I want you to focus on. Evaluate what direction you're heading in. 
not what you'd like to do, what you intend to do, what you commit to do, what direction are you actually heading in? I've talked to so many people, especially like in light of their finances, where you have people going, I, I spend 110% of my income, but I will retire when I'm, you know, I'll retire a millionaire and buy. It's like, in what universe is spending 110% getting a loan for your carpet and your couch? Like, in what world will that result in, in a different life? You are preparing for a life that you don't want, right? So, evaluate what direction are you heading in? Your relationship with God, how you handle conflict how you handle when things don't go your way, what direction are you heading in? And once you got an honest picture about it, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about the person your habits are creating? What would it look like to prepare to be the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? If you're dating, can I challenge you to do this? Evaluate your behavior. Evaluate your behavior in that dating relationship. You may eventually get married. You may not. But if you don't get married, consider this, that the person you're dating may be someone else's future spouse. Be a good steward of that. And also, someone else may be dating your future spouse right now. How do you want them to treat that person? Right? Handle with care question I want you to think about is what behavior will prepare you to have a lifestyle that can handle the promise that you will make one day? How can you prepare in such a way that you can make the promise and your momentum will head you in that direction? If you are married in the room or you're watching online or listening on the podcast, you are not in spring training. You are not in preseason. You are in the game whether you like it or not. And there are times in the game when you celebrate the wins and there are times when you have to course correct. All games take timeouts. For those of us that are watching the Super Bowl this afternoon, when it says there's three minutes left, there are not three minutes left because they will do timeout, 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 right? Why? Because everyone needs to take a timeout and say, are we heading in the right direction? Are we heading in the right direction? In our marriage, are we heading in the right direction? Because sometimes we can go, it's just a season. It's just, a, it was busy, whatever, so we're doing this. We just gotta, and that season has become a really long season, hasn't it? So what direction are you heading in? Do you need to take a time out and course correct? As an individual, ask, am I the person, the person I'm married to wants to be married to? Stop trying to change them. Worry about yourself. What could it be something, one small thing you could shift in your personal life that could move you one step closer to becoming the kind of person the person you're married to wants to be married to? I don't think you have to think very long. I think you know the little things you can do that would bless them like crazy. Any society, ethically, morally, and even financially, is built on families. So are churches. Families are built on marriages. Marriages are built on broken people that bring their brokenness into relationships. Societal change won't come from new legislation. Can it help or hurt? Of course. But there's no law coming out of Washington that can change the human heart. There's no law that can reconcile a relationship. There's no law that can rekindle love in your relationship. There's no law that can cause you to focus on the person that you're becoming. Only you with the help of the Holy Spirit can do that. One last thought. There's, uh, 
I just recently read a book about this person that went to this, this other uh, leader's house and on their home office um, has, has, they have a plaque that says, quit shooting on yourself. Shooting, should, S-H-O-U-L-D-I-N-G. Quit shooting on yourself. Some of you guys are like, I'm here, I'm here. What happened? I, I heard a word, I'm at church again. No, quit shooting on yourself. Some of us, we hear, we hear talks like this, we're going, yeah, I should do that. I should do that. And there's a pile of shoulds in our life that one day we're gonna get to, but it's not a good time right now. Or here's the reason why I'm gonna wait for them to get me get past this stuff and then I'll work on that pile. Quit shooting on yourself. Start doing what you know you need to do. Prepare habits to build the life that God's called you to live. As a church family, let's build strong relationships that build strong families that in turn will build a strong church family. And if we can be a strong church family, then we can be a church that says, God, we can handle the weight of responsibility you've given us to impact our city, to impact our community. We can handle it. We're not fragile. We can handle the weight. We're strong. So let me, uh, let me pray for us. God, I pray for no condemnation, no guilt. Holy Spirit, would you speak to every single one of us hope and encouragement that we can be the person you've called us to be, that we can have the hope and the mission and the purpose that you want for us, God. For some of us that we feel like we, there's no way we can have healthy relationships. God, I pray, would you remind us of who you are? Would you remind us of who we can become? Holy Spirit, would you lovingly guide us to the areas in our lives? that we need to tweak new habits we need to create to become the people you've called us to be, to bless the relationships and the people we're in relationship with. We love you, God. Help us. We need you. Man, on our best day, we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's message at Voice Church. We hope it inspired you to live a life more faithfully for Jesus and to be a voice of hope for your community. We'd love for you to join us in person on a Sunday. And until then, we hope you have a beautiful week.